0: Welcome to the World of Procurement Podcast. It's Daniel Barnes, your host here, and we're actually doing something a little bit different uh, in this episode. It's something that I kind of had the concept of. It's talking about just procurement, supply chain, commercial contract management, legal stories that I've come across that people have sent to me just in the the week or so before the episode goes live. So today is the 29th of May, and I've come across a few articles and I think I've seen a fair amount of conversation around some of these topics on LinkedIn, in other communities. So I just wanted to start off by talking through some of these and just seeing where we where the, the where we as professionals, whether you're a logistics person, warehouse person, procurement pro, contract management profession, some of the things that you need to maybe be aware of moving forwards this is kind of a good way to get that that general awareness and you can go off and do your own research and one of the things i've come across is around global supply chains globalization and that debate as to whether the the way in which things have always been done or have been done say for the last 20 30 years massive outsourcing of all production mainly to china or asia and There's a, and rightly so, a a fair amount of conversation around this, considering that China was the original epicentre around the coronavirus outbreak. And it just looks like that the companies have suddenly realised that they may be slightly or overly exposed to disruption throughout their entire organisation. If most of their supply chain is in one location and that being China. But there were some surveys done throughout this period of time that actually didn't say that the the impact of COVID in China was the cause for diminished outputs or less sales, or just general interruption to their business. It was actually uh, on the consumer side, whether it's B2C, B2B, the the consumer uh, was actually dictating the, the, the lessening of sales. And, and it wasn't the impact of China closing down for uh, 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 what well, probably uh, was a relatively short period of time considering the initial outbreak there. And it, 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 I think it just needs to be considered moving forwards whether you're kind of putting your eggs all in one basket i i it, it's not necessary that you're using one supplier in one location you might be using a hundred suppliers in china across different regions China's a big place asia's you know as a continent a very big place if you've got supply chains in multiple countries with multiple suppliers like that might fit your your risk profile but it does appear that there may be some emphasis from maybe local governments, depending on how your, your country operates, or leadership within countries that you may want, as businesses operating in that country, to start building up a supply chain in that country, not focusing purely on the globalisation aspect. And uh, this this was an article I picked up, actually, in the, the Financial Times. Uh, it was titled, Will Coronavirus Pandemic Finally Kill Off Global Supply Chains? Um, I, I'm not too sure of the date. I think it was released yesterday, so that would be the, the 29th of May. It's, it's a cool article. I had a, a good quote in here by Bita uh, uh, chief uh, Chief Economist at the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development. And uh, she had written... Back in the financial times, some time ago, the quest to find the most cost-effective suppliers has left many companies without a plan B. Businesses will be forced to rethink their global value chains. The disadvantages of a system requires all of its elements to work like clockwork have now been exposed. And I think it's just a something good to think about. I think the, a, a far better approach to to risk management within the supply chain, overexposure, and really understanding the supply chain as a whole, not just your tier one supplier. Maybe you, you know who they subcontract out to, uh, but, but you might want to go and get full visibility of your supply chain, which you're only going to achieve, well, likely only going to achieve, depending on the size of it, with some sort of software solution integration with all your supply chain. Uh, blockchain developments moving forwards so will hopefully be able to do this but they're not hopefully they certainly will be able to give you that visibility so that was a great article i'll, I'll link that in the show notes below uh with regards to uh another article i uh, picked up one just in the uh, the telegraph the uk publication talking about supply chains uh being stressed and shortages Uh, Might require a new way of looking at food production. Uh, It it was actually saying that food production wasn't hit as as badly uh, as as it was originally thought. There was a lot of shortages in UK supermarkets. Let's say, and one of them, for example, was was milk. Uh, But actually, at one point, it, it looked like they couldn't even get enough milk out to the shops and it was going to waste whilst actually the shops were were empty and there was a a whole load of problems there and there was actually a rationalization at least in the in the UK where we we no longer could buy our infamous six pints of milk Uh, we could only get two or four pints and they stopped production I think of zero percent fat milk I mean that's not even milk from my perspective but hey uh, it was just a a brief read there on the Telegraph. You need to be a member just to go into detail uh, and read that publication. There is, of course, a lot of conversation on just in time supply chains at the moment, and I've seen. I mean, like my personal views, I'm quite open to just in time. I think it's a wonderful system. It's very lean, agile wonderful buzzwords right Uh, it it delivers results it minimizes uh, wasted cost and waste in resources uh, within your business and your supply chain it's it's a great thing but it's getting hit pretty hard at the moment because a lot of just-in-time operations don't have stockpiling of key parts key components whatever it is so the financial times has no, done a little piece on that about being wary of scapegoating just-in-time supply chains because it kind of feels like all the negative press around supply chains is on the just-in-time principle the just-in-time operations and it may really, I don't think it, well I personally don't think it's, it's very fair I've seen a lot of people on LinkedIn saying is this is this down to just in time is just in time dead and I very much doubt it but it will probably be uh, innovated upon and uh, very much uh, improved the PPE sector industry worldwide has been massively impacted and it's been massively impacted because of the customer's approach to it so the customer could be government, private medical institutions, whoever. They don't necessarily, uh, they didn't necessarily stockpile enough PPE for a pandemic-like event or an epidemic, and that put significant strain on the entire PPE supply chain. And there's been a, a lot around that piece uh, in this article. So it's an article that I definitely recommend you check out. It's in the show notes below. Gartner have released. Or revealed their their results of the twenty twenty supply chain top twenty five. It's just a a group of leaders in this article. It's a I think it's their sixteenth edition of this, and you know I, I've not been in this world for sixteen years, so this is all still fairly new to me. And it's it's effectively a ranking as a as a list of the supply chain leaders, the most uh, most impressive practices. Uh, they featured the likes of Cisco Systems that was uh, ranked number one. You've got a few other big names: Johnson Johnsons, Johnsons, uh, Schneider Electric, Nestle's on there. Um, they they had a few new uh, additions as well, I believe, such as British America, uh, British American Tobacco. So the, the, there's a wide range of suppliers. They've got their Masters category. Apparently, they they introduced this in twenty fifteen. It seems pretty cool. These are kind of the almost the 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 ones that are leading the way and it's got all of these suppliers that you would expect to see I, I, and when i say suppliers, companies companies you would expect You got amazon amazon obviously is a logistical god goddess It's is incredible um they pretty much built their business around logistics and warehousing when you think about it uh, there's apple PG, mcdonald's and unilever also on the masters list and I, I think that was pretty much some of the key ones that I actually found that I think are going to be massively, uh, uh, maybe not massively impactful, but I think they're going to be a constant in our, in our world. Those, those conversations run just in time uh, around globalisation versus localised supply chain. So I, I I've I'd encourage you to go go check them out, do some research. Let me know your thoughts on the World Procurement LinkedIn page. It's probably a good place to do. And and just as we finish up this, this podcast, I, I don't know if this podcast format is going to stay this sort of week in the news. It's just something that I've been thinking of doing but haven't really put into practice for the, the last three weeks. So I just wanted to give it a try, just share some insightful stories from say this time, they were big publications, but it's not always going to be big publications I want to focus on. I want to focus on people that have written amazing pieces in the procurement supply chain contract management community as well. So hopefully we'll we'll see you again uh, next Wednesday for the regular guest episode. It's Linda Tonks next Wednesday talking all things contract management. A really um, insightful episode, uh, best practices. Uh, uh f- featuring her well her business's cat's me- methodology it's a really uh, a good way of of doing contract management if you want to get involved with the podcast being a guest contributor to Water world of procurement just send them an email over to content at uk. If you just want to share your story, share something that you're you're passionate about in the space, whether in the podcast or you want to write some articles and get them published to our audience, we're we're getting a a, a two two to three thousand views a day of all the content, so you'll get some good visibility doing it as well. Just yeah, send something over to the an email, and uh, I'll see you real soon, my friends. Thanks for listening, really appreciate it. Uh, we think you're awesome. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.